and I anticipate that there will be some latecomers who need to be assigned to breakout rooms, but we can accommodate that as it happens, I think. Awesome. So, um, yes, uh, last week we started with Lomer Zich Let's Get to Know Each Other, and I am creating all new materials for this course, at least I have been so far, in part because my um, first year Yiddish primer is in my office where I, at Emory, where I have not been since about March 11th. So <laughs> I think I can go back to my office and I am planning that perhaps in the next week or so I will and I'll retrieve the book and then I'll have something else to use. But for now, I've been creating new materials and I learned the valuable lesson that it would be helpful to have the Yiddish, the transliteration of the Yiddish, and the English all in the same place. So that is what I've done for this week and what I will be doing um, going forward. So last week, we had these initial getting to know you questions, such as, we haste to, right? What's your name? We haste to af Yiddish. And I spoke to a number of you after class about what your Yiddish names are or might be or what you might choose them to be. Wo wohnst du? Where do you live? Der Tatelepnoch? Is your father still living? Wie heißt er? What is his name? Wie hat er geheißen? What was his name? Der Mama Lepnoch? Wie heißt sie? Wie hat sie geheißen? So is your mom still alive? What was her, what is her name? What was her name? We talked about how stamen, this verb, is a cognate of the word stem. And so the image is of your family being a tree or a plant or something organic that is rooted somewhere. And we're asking, where does your family come from? Where is your family rooted? Did your, now in Yiddish, we, we have a word for the parental unit which is Tatamame, and we have a word for the grandparental unit, which is Zeydebobe. So did your Zeydebobe speak Yiddish? Zeydebobe hot geret Yiddish? And then, finally, in recognition of the fact that we have learners of all different ages and generations, Tihostu Kinder, do you have children? Eneklach, grandchildren? Vuvoinenze, where do they live? Right? So, um, we are going to come back to the greetings that I told you to take a look at for tonight. But first, I want to go to the new sheet that was distributed, which has the conjugation of the verb voinen, to live or to dwell in a place. And the reason I'm adding those words and not just saying to live is because we have a different verb, which you also saw on that first worksheet, that has to do with the state of being alive as opposed to the state of being no longer alive or not yet born, right? And that verb is leben. So leben is to be alive, but voinen is to live in a place. So I thought that that would be a very useful kind of high frequency verb with which we could learn conjugations of a regular verb in the present tense. In other words, we know that there is such a thing as an irregular verb, and that those can be very important in a language, like the verbs um, to be in English, 
important to have. Those are very irregular verbs in both English and Yiddish. We're not talking about those right now. We'll work our way up to the, the irregular verbs. That might have to be in an additional course that we run at some point. But for now, we're just talking about regular verbs. And we're going to learn the conjugations tonight using the example of voinen. And then we're going to have an additional way to practice them next week. So as we learn the verb conjugations, we're also going to learn the personal pronouns that go with them, the I, you, he, she, etc. So looking at your new sheet, it should have come to you today, Rabbi Solish? Um, yes, yeah, it was sent out, it was sent out by email this morning. Um, if you did not receive it, uh, private message me now and uh, I'll, I'll try my best to email it to you, but everyone should have it and please open it up if you do. Okay, and I know that Yovana is going to need one if you can, and if you have the, um, if you have a link to it and can put it in the chat, that would be great. I don't know whether it's in a form that can be chatted, but um, okay. So I, first person, singular, ich, and the, the way that we conjugate the first person singular in Yiddish, the regular verb, is that we don't, meaning it takes the base form of the verb, the most basic form of the verb to live, to reside, is voin, ich voin, that's I live, ich voin in Atlanta. Okay. Um, now, can I victimize some of the people in class and call on you? Um, Marsha, wo wohnst du? You gotta unmute you. Oh, you have to unmute yourself. Marsha, wo wohnst du? Do you voice in Atlanta? Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Atlanta. So now I you got, got it. I got it. Ich voin. Uh, ich ich voin in Atlanta. Ich voin in Atlanta. Sehr fein. Gut gesund. Okay. Um, okay. Um, Jonathan, wie heißt du auf Yiddish? Um, <laughs> Nassano. Nassano, good. Okay, Nassano, who points to? Uh, points to in, in New York. Used to be in New Do you New York? Okay. Ich points New York? Ich voin. Ich voin. Just a very basic form of the verb. Ich voin. Ich voin New York. In New York. Okay. In New York. Okay, du voinst in New York. Nassano, du voinst in New York. Marsha, du voinst in Atlanta. Yeah? So when we go to the du, the U form, then we're adding the sound of samach tes or st at the end of the verb. Ich voin, du voinst. Yeah? Questions about this so far? Ich voin du voinst. Okay, get on. Quick question. You said, um, mm -hmm. it's up to, was it Ich voin 
in Atlanta, so in is in is not like in or. You could say it more like in. You could say it more like in. The the e sound could be longer or shorter. There are regional variations, so I'm not going to worry about it. Um, but in is in. The the preposition is pretty much the same as English. Um, Ghetto. The samba tet, like you said, that's for the informal second person. Informal second person, you. Thank right? you. Okay. Ghetto. Who wants to get all? You have to unmute yourself. Ich wohne in Frisco, Texas. In Frisco, Texas. Wow, I got lucky with that one. Okay. All right. Get all. Who wohnt Marsha? Um. So now we get to our third person singular pronouns. We have er for he, we have z for she, and we have s for anything that's neuter. And you could think of it as it, although it can sometimes actually be a person, which in English wouldn't be an it, but it's for neuter. So, Marsha is a z, yeah? Wo wollt sie? Wo wollt Marsha? Sie wohnt in Atlanta. Sie wohnt in Atlanta. They're fine. Okay. Um, Giovanna, I'm going to pick on you because I know your name. Wo wohnt Nesano? Wo wohnt, ja, Nesano? Wo wohnt Nesano? Wo wohnt er? Oh, you're still muted. Bist verstimmt. Sorry. Uh, the point in, I missed the city. Oh, okay. Nasano, now you can ask him, wo wohnst du? Nasano, wo wohnst du? Ich wohn in Atlanta, in New York. <laughs> okay. 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 Wo, wo wohnt er? Er wohnt in New York. Sehr fine. Genau. Er wohnt in New York. Marsha Voint in Atlanta and Gittel Voint in Frisco, Texas. Yeah? Okay. Um, so now we have first person, second person, and third person singular. Yeah? Frag is wegen them. Question. Questions up to this point. I can't necessarily see you, so because I'm there's so many screens. So just speak up if you have a question. We're good? Okay. Yovana, Marsha, and ich, the three of us, mir wohnen in Atlanta. Mir wohnen in Atlanta. We live in Atlanta. So now as we go to the plural, we're adding an ein nun ending, an en at the end of that base form voin. So it becomes voinen. Mir wohnen in Atlanta. No? Now we get to the to the uh, pronoun that can either be you plural, which is y'all, for those of you who speak southern, ustedes, um, French speakers, pink, right? Okay, so it can either be you plural, or it can be a very 
a very respectful way of addressing one singular person. Um, so, in classic Hasidic culture, one of the one of the interesting things was that the Rebbe, the Hasidic leader, would have been addressed in the third person to show respect, but could also have been addressed with this other, this pronoun, which is you all. One of the things that has always fascinated me is that in all kinds of traditional Jewish culture, whether Hasidic or Misnagdic or whatever it is, God, God, God in you, is always addressed with the familiar do. So in a certain way, there was more formality in addressing um, human religious leadership than there was in addressing God. There was always a sense of God's immediacy and familiarity so that God would have been do, tate, you, father, etc. All right. Miriam. Yes, question. Question. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the you, uh, is this like atat or atematen? Is it masculine and feminine or no? Ah, so with ir, ir can be like atematen, right? Okay. And there's no gender distinction for these for this pronoun. The only pronouns that have gender distinctions in Yiddish are the third person, singular and plural. Er, the, es. And actually, that's it because it's like who and he. Away. Hmm? Like who or he? Who or like he? he. Right. Yes. Exactly. Okay. All right. Um, thank you. Sure. So now we're ready for the final pronoun in our in our chart, which we don't have a chart, but in our list, um, which is Zay. Wait. We did ear, did we do? We did mir, we did ear. Yep, we're ready for they. Okay, so they is they, and gender goes away. It's just plural, and um, it repeats the form of mir, so they voinen. Yeah? Um, is there anyone else besides Nasano who lives in New York? Speak up, because I can't necessarily see you. Anyone else live in New York? Does anyone else live in Texas as Gittel does? Any other Texans? No? All right. Um, do we have any geographic concentrations outside of Atlanta? No? All right. Ich wohne in Los Angeles. Okay. Verwoint in Los Angeles. Who's who's that? Um uh Okay, Shenzisa. Does anyone else live in Los Angeles? Zivoint in Los Angeles. Okay. Echvoin in Los Angeles. Vernoch. Rachel? Yes. Rojo. Mm hmm Rojo un V V Hotitwe V Hasty Shana Zisol, Unorojo? Yeah. Is that our Los Angeles contingent? Yeah. Okay. All right. So now I'm going to call on Jay. Jay Rosenheim. Wo voinen sie? 
Shane Aviso und Rocco. Wo wohnen sie? Sie wohnen in Los Angeles. Sie wohnen in Los Angeles. Sehr fein. Um, Stan Pollen. Wo wohnen ihr wohnt? Ihr wohnt in Atlanta? Uh, ich wohne in Dunwoody. Okay. Fine. Das heißt Atlanta. For our purposes. Das ist Atlanta. Wo wohnen wir? Ihr und ich. Mir. Wo wohnen wir? Where do we live, as uh -huh. I say? Ja. You and me? Yeah. Du, 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 du wohnst in Atlanta und ich wohne in Dunley. Okay, fine. So we'll make a distinction. <laughs> I would say, wir wohnen in Atlanta. But okay. Du wohnst in Dunwoody und ich wohne in Atlanta. Metro. What's the word for metro? <laughs> okay. In, in Grasserstadt. In Grasserstadt. In the greater city of Atlanta. The greater metro. That's the Grasserstadt. Okay. Very good. So, any questions about these pronouns or about how we're conjugating the verb voinen? Not at this time? Okay. So now I want to do one other thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, so I was just wondering if there's a, uh, any kind of linguistic connection between Voinen and Lieben, to be alive and to live in a, in a place. They're just totally separate verbs as far as I know. So it's, there's, no, there's no connection or... Error. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that there's any sort of an etymological connection. Uh -huh. Um, I think if anything, English is the sort of odd man out that we use one verb to cover both of those very different meanings. Um, just to, to clarify, it's it's more of like one means to live, like be alive, and the other one means kind of to dwell or inhabit. Right, right. And it just happens to be that in English, colloquially, we say live for both of those things, but they're really very different conceptually. So, okay. So the one other thing that I want to do before we go to breakout rooms is I want to go back to that first sheet um, with Lomer Zich Begrissen, Let's Get Acquainted, the second part of that first sheet. Okay. Um, do you see these questions, Vos Herzich? It's literally, for those of you who speak Hebrew, Manishma, what is heard? What, what's going on? What, what's happening? How are you in the sense of what new thing is being heard? As opposed to, vos machstu. Literally, what are you making? But idiomatically, it means, how are you? How are you doing? And a variant of that that you'll often hear is, vos mach ayid. Literally, how is a Jew doing? Now, that is not an expression that's used exclusively with Jews to the exclusion of other people, but rather the kind of underlying baseline assumption is that Yiddish is an insider language that's spoken among Jews and that one's interlocutor, one's conversation partner in any sort of Yiddish conversation is 
kind of automatically assumed to be Jewish. Now, that's not to say that everybody who's ever spoken Yiddish fluently has been Jewish. There are a lot of interesting um, sort of uh, population pockets and historical situations that have given rise to the phenomenon of non-Jews speaking Yiddish. But we still have this linguistic fossil of vos to just mean, how are you? And then what are the answers? There, you know, there are infinite numbers of potential answers, but I gave you a, a variety for different moods you might be experiencing. So one is just Gottsdanken, right? Thank God. Thank God. The implication, I'm doing fine, I'm healthy, thank God all is in order. Um, another one, when you're a little less enthusiastic, and things are fine, okay. Nishkoshe, literally not bad, not difficult. From Nishkoshe, it's not too bad. Nishkoshe. In a similar spirit, you might say, no, Echlab, I'm still alive. I'm, I'm keeping on, right? Now, if you are, say, parenting during a pandemic while trying to work from home <laughs> or, um, you know, experiencing massive trauma because of things going on politically, you might really not have the bandwidth. You might not want to pretend you're fine, in which case you might confess very openly, Ich bin I'm exhausted. Right? There are a lot of things that could prompt you to say, Ich bin oiskemochit. Right? I am just flat out. But if somebody asks you, and you don't really feel like getting into how you're doing, and you don't really want to give a very specific answer, but you want to let them know that you're in a sort of good-natured conversation with them, then a good classic answer to was is the nonsense rhyme, de Literally, grandma's having a birthday. <laughs> Meaning, the world turns, nothing else is new. Was Bobby's having a birthday. Right? So those are the variety um, that I gave you. Now, what I want you to do in the breakout rooms, and tonight we're going to be very strict about the time because I want to get to these proverbs that are on your new sheet. Um, so we're going to take 10 minutes, and it's going to end up being until 8.42 in the breakout rooms. I want you to find out in Yiddish where everybody is from, or where, sorry, not where they're from, where everybody lives, who voins to, ich voin in, and then to be able to talk about where other people live, er voint, Zivoint in, practice that a little bit. And what you might want to do before that is find out, take the temperature of your group, how is everybody doing, right? Was herzig, was machst du? So we have these breakout rooms, and if you came in late, you will be assigned to one very quickly. I'm going to open the rooms now. Hold on, before you do that, um, okay. Wait. But no, right, no, I stopped it. Okay, so right, right before you do that, I want to mention because I heard some feedback last week. If you're in a breakout room, um, you know we don't. 
some people keep their cameras off or on or whatever. If you're in a breakout room, it's very helpful if your camera could be on because that way the others in the room, it's a more of a private setting, they can see you. If it can't be on for whatever reason, make sure at least to turn your mic on so you can interact. Um, if you need the handouts so that you can follow these scripts and, and learn it, I posted them, uh, or they were posted, Jonathan and I posted this week's um, handout and last week's. Check the group chat. The, the PDFs are there. If you don't have them in your email, you can download or open them directly from the chat. Okay, that's it. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey, guys. <laughs> Just popping in on y'all. How's it going? All right, okay. All right, cool. Gott Danken. Gott Danken. Who wants to? Who wants to? I live in the... I can lay in them. Aha. You'll be fine with wo wo voice too. And what's her thing? She's not the portion. Okay. Okay, now who does not have a breakout room assigned to them? Judy, do you need a breakout room? You're muted. Ah, okay. I see. Breakout row three, I think. Yeah, I'm just getting everyone assigned. I think maybe I should, maybe I will leave and you know because I don't have the papers. Oh, I don't want not to have it. Okay, maybe there's a way that we can share our screen with you. Let me see if I can... Yeah. Sorry. No, that's okay. Let me, let me try to find it on this computer and then share my screen. That's yeah. probably... Okay. And actually, I don't have anybody in the group, so... Wait, no, because you're invited. Let me see which breakout room. Were you assigned to one, Rosita? With who? Who? I will. I know that Donna wanted to be with me, but. Oh, okay. I put you with my with my friend Giovanna because she also speaks Spanish. Oh, good. Um, so yeah, so I put you in breakout room three. I'll I'll be in there in a second. I'm going to try to find. But I don't have any. But I don't have a room. No, you're invited for three breakout room three. How do I do it? Oh. You see that? I see Rabbi Ari not there. Chaim Rubin and Maurice Sokolov. Right, but it should be inviting you to. 
I'm, I'm going to move you. Okay. Two. What did I say? Breakout room three? Oh, no. Okay. It won't let me. I don't have a room. How about now? No, it's the same. Let me see. No, the same. What do I need to do? I need to do nothing, right? And no, you have to click something, and it tells you that you're invited. No. Participants for. No, it's you, me, Rabbi Solish, and Chaim Ruben. It says anything. Right. And they are muted and they are black. <laughs> right, I see. Okay, so I'm going to try to get you the sheet at least. Um, With your friend that speaks Spanish. You said, okay. If not, I'll leave. No, don't leave. Okay, wait. So we have Lomeros of Pacanen on Bagrisen. Download. Do you see in the chat? Let's see. In the chat, let me see. Wait, right, in the bottom if, where it says chat, if you open that up. Yeah. Do you see a PDF that says Lomer Zichba Kenen Yeah, yeah. So double click on that and then you'll have the sheet. But what about the room? But what about the room? I don't know how to do all of this together, but I'll. <laughs> Usually, it tells you that you're invited to join a room. I don't think I've been invited, so maybe I no, should... No, you are. I have, it. I have the list here. You're invited to room number three. Break rooms, then you put... Join break room. Yeah, join break room. room. Join, join break breakout room. room. Yep, yep. What does I... Forever, Georgia is famous for um, for something. Everyone's talking about Georgia for once. I know, right? All the big macros in New York and Montreal. Then you guys now. <laughs> My other tables. No, it's like everyone in BMD. They're all like, they're all every, every other time they're talking about um, New York, Florida, Chicago. I mean, um, um, California. Now it's like, who's going to Georgia?
What happened? What does she need? a moment to make it back and giving my second screen a moment to boot up. Can I ask you a question? Yes, please do. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit. We were looking at Vu Hey Stew. Mm -hmm. I mean, Vu Voin Stew. Vu Voin Stew. Okay, and Z-O-Y-N-S-T-U. Yeah. And then Vusmachstu. Mm-hmm. M-A-K-H-S-T-U, one word. Yeah. Is uh, Vusmachstu is what are you making, literally. Literally, but yeah. it's used to mean how are you. I how think. are you? Isn't that sort of a slang usage of Vusmachstu? Is Vusvoinstu the same kind of usage? Or is there a word, B-O-Y-N-S-T-U? Ah, so one could, one, one would in principle ask, vous 
voinft du. But what actually happens in the second person informal is that we um, elide the two sounds to make the ending stu. When you're asking a du, a, a question, um, wo voinst du? Was machst du? Was esst du? What are you eating? Right? We always slide it together like that, even though in principle it ought to be was est du? What are you eating? Separated like that. But it really becomes a contraction. Thank you very much. Yeah. But the do becomes a, a two. Yes. Which if you just think about um, the, the linguistics involved in the places of articulation, D and T frequently exchange with each other in a lot of world languages. Um, their, their place of articulation as interdental letters is very similar to each other. So do just becomes do. Mary, can you say what's the sign woman? Is it the same thing? You don't say what's the sign woman, no? That, that's kind of like in Spanish, you always say, como te llamas, and you wouldn't say, como es su nombre, what, which is literally, what is your name? It's just not idiomatic to say, okay. what's his dynomen. Yeah. Professor. Okay, and how, okay. I'm sorry, yeah? this is Alexander. Uh, uh, is this the only way that uh, questions are formulated with uh, inflection in the voice, or with the other Romance languages, you can invert the... Uh, so, excellent question. You can absolutely invert the, the verb and the noun. And we also have a particle um, that you can place at the beginning of a yes or no sentence to indicate that it's a question. Um, Thank you. And that is C, which you have on your, on your sheet. Um, okay. Any, uh, can any I ask a question? Yeah. So this came up in the breakout room because I was curious about that the verb going after the, the being reversed. Uh -huh. So the question was, vu voins do, is that like an idiom or is that right? Vu voins do is actually good grammar. That's actually okay. the okay. way we would say it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Um, sure. Okay. So now I want to move on to some of these verbs, uh, some of these Sprichwerter or proverbs. Um, one that I really, that I always really like is Reden is silver, Schweigen is gold. So speech is silver, silence is golden. Okay? Um, that's, that's a really good, good one. Despite the principle involved, I'm going to now go on and talk for the next 15 minutes. Um, all right. So the ones that follow are based on Shirley Kumov's work. Um, she has a column called Words Like Arrows in Pakenträger, which is the magazine of the Yiddish Book Center. So one that I love is A guter Oistdruck macht a guten Eindruck. A good expression, literally, it's oises. Outward ex druk is the verb for press. So an expression, a good expression, macht a guten Eindruck, makes a good impression. Okay? In other words, using the right word, choosing the right word makes a good impression on people. 
Um, I have another one about speech. I have a question. Yeah, let me tell uh, Why um, is, is Guter and Guten, why are they different? If you're, oh, if, what, what's the difference between a fitting expression and a good impression? Such a good, such a good question. So there's nothing, there's no difference about Oistrug and Eindrug. That is a function of the case. So when I teach Yiddish grammar, one of the hardest things for um, English speakers, particularly if they're monolingual and they don't speak another language um, with a case system, is to learn to distinguish between the nominative case where the noun part of a sentence is the subject of a sentence is usually occurring or is always occurring when we talk with the subject. The accusative case where the direct object of a sentence is occurring and the dative case where an indirect sure. object is occurring. So I'm actually going to try to do a little bit with that in our next session. Um, I don't expect us to be able to master it in a four-session Taste of Yiddish course, um, but I, I will give a little bit more detail about that. And that accounts for the difference in endings that you're seeing um, with the adjective gut there. Thank you. Any other questions about that expression? All right. Um, all right, I'm just toggling. So Miriam, do we differentiate between nominative, genitive, dative, accusative, ablative? No, we don't have all of those. For Yiddish, functionally, you really just need nominative, accusative, and dative. And there are things, we have ways of expressing possession as the genitive would, we have ways of expressing what the ablative would, but those don't occur as cases in Yiddish. So okay, it, thank you. if you are used to case systems, then Yiddish is relatively tame. Yeah. Um, okay, right? Make it round, is round, pointy, right? Um, sometimes you'll, you'll hear this word spitz, which literally means a point, the, the peak of a mountain, the top of a tree, the highest point of something, the, the, um, the highest point in an abstract sense, like, a, you know, the, the um, climax of a novel can be described as a spitz. So that's mach es keilachtig und spitzig. Make it round, quick, to the point. Speak economically. When someone does not speak economically, then you might say, er molt gemollen mel. He is grinding already ground flour. So er, he, molt is the verb. He grinds, he is grinding. Gemollen is the past participle, ground. Mel is a cognate of meal, like cornmeal. Um, oatmeal, right? That flowers are a kind of meal. Fragets wegen dem. Any questions? Okay. Somebody talks a lot. He tells stories that have already been told. You might additionally say, Di maisa hot shoina That story already has a beard. That story is already so old it grew a beard, right? <laughs> 
Um, okay, more on the power of words. A patch forgate, a word bashtate. This is not, this is kind of old parenting philosophy. I don't think that we really embrace this anymore as a, as a prescription for parenting, but it's still a useful expression that, you know, there are certain ways of hurting people that they actually get over, whereas an ill word really sticks around and, and gets under people's skin and, and is retained. So a patch for gate, uh, a slap is forgotten, um, but a word, a word, bashtate, it lasts, it stands, right? Um, so choose your words carefully. All right, the sentiment here is the grass is always greener on the other side. Geschmack is der fish of Yenem's tish. So geschmack is der fish, tasty is the fish of Yenem's tish. Yenem is that other one, that other guy, the other person. So the other person's table, the, the fish on their table is tastier. And that's the sentiment of the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, Fragas is ahead. Any questions up to this point? Okay. Um, so that one obviously had to do with envy. Now we move from envy to acquisition. Besser a kosherer groschen, eider a treipfener gilden. Better to have a kosher groschen, which is a smaller unit of currency, a penny, eider a treipfener gilden. Better a kosher penny than a treif, unkosher, illegitimate, ill-gotten nickel or larger unit of currency. Hmm? Better to have less, but have gotten it, to have come by it honestly, than to have more dishonestly. That said, we need something fun and indulgent. So this is the spirit of going whole hog into something. If you're going to do something, you've got to do it all the way. And that is, as men est chazer, zol shoinrinen iber derbor. Once you're eating pig, then you should let it run down your beard. Meaning, you, you don't do half measures, you're in for a penny, in for a pound. Not that this class is endorsing eating pork, <laughs> but if you do, or anything that's, you know, similarly indulgent, don't, don't try, when, when you go after, you know, in a post-COVID world, when you go for your first massage or spa day, don't do the 10-minute express massage. Make sure you, you know, really do it up. All right. I have a question, another question. Yes. Um, is hazer here the same as like hazerai, that my mother used to call like, you know, junk food? Yes, perfect. So hazer literally means pork, and it comes to mean junk, any sort of junk. Hazerai. So hazerai can be junk food. That's a very common usage in in Jewish homes, and chazerai is like junk food, um, but it can also just be, um, you know, all that worthless junk, whatever it is, not right. in a context, could be chazerai. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, to bring us back from the 
brink of all of that indulgence with the, with the eating of pork, um, we have to remind ourselves that is that the literally the path of righteousness is always kosher meaning even if it seems like you're you're losing money or you are um, putting yourself at some sort of disadvantage through your moral and ethical scruples you should stick to them anyway because is kosher that that's that's the right way to do things and finally we have this lovely sentiment that Torah is the best that Torah is the best merchandise that you know people don't necessarily become wealthy by peddling Torah but nevertheless it is the best product on the market Torah is the best so um, I'm going to Leave it there, and okay. I see there are some comments. I have to some chat comments to catch up with. Beating a dead horse. What do you mean, Sonia? Oh, Sonia, you're you're muted. Misverstand. Sorry. Um, that thing about um. He's grinding already ground flour. Oh. Mold, gamol, gamol and mel. Yeah. Same thing, right? Beating yes, exactly. Same sort of expression. Beating a dead horse, right? Yeah. Okay. But, well, actually, a little bit different because I think beating a dead horse means we've been over this. You're, you're emphasizing it. Ed, um, mold, gamol, and mel has more the sense of he's telling a story that everyone's heard before. He's... He's retelling. It's pretty similar, though. Yeah, but I see what you mean about yeah. this slight yeah. difference. Noch frages, other questions about anything that we have or have not covered? I have a question that one just one came up. How do we say my? Because we are trying to say my something. Mine. Mine? Yeah, so yeah. it's singular, it's mine. And if the thing that's being possessed is plural, it becomes mine. Can you spell for me mine, M-E-I-N? So I'm just going to put this in the chat to everyone. So mine, uh, my friend, my friend, um, mine, uh, my books. Thank you. Okay, so mein Freund, mein Abichet. No? Other questions? Other okay. questions? Yeah. Are ir, ir and ik always the same? So they're never the same, meaning ich is I. Right. Ich, that is I. And ir is usted or y'all. But always, unless you're using vu. Vu is where. Oh, wow. Yeah, vu is Oh, right. Okay, right. Vu, vu, vu is do. I got that. Vu voins yeah. do. Okay. So you so, put but, the ah. So your question, Yovana, is vu voint ir. Right? That's the vu voints do. Where do you live? Informal. Vu voint ir. Where do you all live or where do you, I don't know, my 
esteemed rabbi, where do you live? I'm thinking French boo. That. Oh yeah, that boo thing will mess you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but ir and ik are always ir is always you and ik is always I. Yeah, ich. Ich is I. Ich. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Thank okay. you. Noch Fragen. Other questions. Okay. Is this about the right amount of grammar, or could you take even more grammar in subsequent weeks? More. More, more. grammar. Okay. Some past expressions. Yeah. Great. More on. More expressions. Yeah, yeah more expressions. Fraga yeah. and past tense. Yeah, a fraga fun Sonia. How come uh, Ms. Fuchs and I both learned versus dynamen? My nomen is Sonia. Where, where was that? Kinnishal? I mean, geographically where? Uh, in Long Island. Oh, really? Okay. Official. And <laughs> okay, well, if you learn from them, then it's right. Yeah, but and but what's weird is that that's what my grandparents and my mom said too. I don't know if it's wrong or regional or out of fashion. So they would say "vos is dynomen" or "vi is dynomen." Vos. Vos is dynomen. That sounds very formal to me, but that could have been. Well, we definitely we were all sitting in rows, you know. That right. Could be right. Right? Yes. Yeah. But it's it's like ¿Cuál es tu nombre in Spanish? Right. It's the very formal. Right. Yeah. Meeting someone on the street, you would say ¿Cómo yeah, te I, llamas? Oh, te llamas? Right. Yeah, I learned it too. I only because I guess it's what I only in school the teacher okay. was asking what is your name? My name is. Right. Yeah, my nomen is okay. So it's not wrong. It's just a little more formal register than what people are typically I think also it's a little bit more literal, right? Vas is dynamin is literally what is your name. So maybe for kids, maybe in the context of like, you know, teaching the words, you're lining it up one by one. Maybe it's a theory. I don't know. I'm not sure. Also, maybe because it's a cognate, it's easier to. Right. For an English speaking child to. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. Okay, mine, I see the question, mine and mine both mean my. Mine. The point I'm making here is that when the thing being possessed is singular, it's mine. And when the thing being possessed is plural, it's mine. So, mine bicher are behind me, my books, plural. Mein Buch, my books. So, Poilen? This no, Romanian. Romanish. Romanish, okay. Yes. I was thinking something southern. Yeah. 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 Well, I said last week there are going to be a lot of regional variations in pronunciation. I have a question. Do nouns have, do nouns have sex? Yes. Every noun has a gender. Okay. And some of them are neuter. Yeah. Yeah. And here's a fun, here's a fun shortcut. That my friends and I, who are non-native speakers, often use the the diminutive. When you make the word diminutive, we'll talk about how to do that. It automatically goes to neuter, so you can get yourself out of a lot of little jams by just making everything little and cute. Okay. Oh, okay. So 
Class is formally dismissed now. Anyone can log off. Um, I will leave the room open in case people want to stay and ask questions and schmooze, but thank you so much for coming to tonight's meeting, and I will see you next Monday night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next week. And those that wish to stay, please stay. Good night. Good night. Good night. Rosita, learn how to use breakout rooms. How did I how did I it, it you learned. You you learned how to use breakout rooms. You yeah, now I did. Miriam, um I question about my Jewish name. My English name is Adele, as like the singer Adele. Mm -hmm. And you told me my um, Jewish name would be Adel. I think it would be Adel. Oh, I didn't know how to pronounce it. Adel like is an Adelweiss or? Yeah, exactly. Adel. <laughs> Well, you know, I was always, I'm also curious about um, the, the name Adel because um, wasn't um, like King David's, King David's mother was Nitzabet, uh, but Adel? So who well, is Adel? So, okay, no, so that's different. So, so there we're talking about Hebrew, but... Adel is a is a Germanic word meaning refined or gentle, like yeah, a gentle right. woman. Yeah, yeah. But oh, also oh, that I still would have to research them. I guess mix of it, but Adel as King David's mother. Maybe she gave an Adel. Right. Right. Okay. But anyhow, you know, well, thank you. Most, most Adels and Adelas that I know in the Jewish community, the name came from Adel. I am Adela. Yichmin Adela. Abella? Adela. 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 Oh. Adela. Adela. Rosa Adela. Rosa Adela. Yes, Adela. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. I'm glad to get connection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adela. Oh, Adela. <laughs> Frages. Frages. Anyone else have questions? Um, I'd like to ask Miriam. about my Yiddish name. Yeah. Laura is my yes. English name. Yeah. Are you aware of having a, a Hebrew name? Is there one that you... Well, I, I think it was Leah. Leah. Yeah. So, so that's your Yiddish name. So that would be okay. So you can you can give it a fun, regional, affectionate ending like Leachka. Yeah. Right? It could be Leila or Leachka or Laying You. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. but you're Leia probably. Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I really like Leachka. <laughs> Miriam. Yeah. Uh, it, it's Marcia. I just got oh. I just I found something that I just had to show you really quick. I was studying calligraphy, basic calligraphy, and in order to get through the class, I used all, like, all, um, you know, Yiddish words. Right. Just to make it funny. Okay. And I found this journal. It's pretty old, but, you know, 
you know, rip, all kinds of workers. Some were from the words with arrows. So they were a little, you know, more uh, fun words and yeah. a little pointed, as you know. Okay. Uh, so they had that. So now you have to write out, out, now you have to write out some of the um, expressions, the sprichler. I know. Nice. I'm going to do that. I got all the, the pens out again and found the journal. Fantastic. Okay. Good. Question for the rabbi. Rabbi, did you get the connection to Frisco, Texas? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. I've by the way, I already communicated with uh, with Rabbi Mendy. Just so you know, Judith, who's from uh, from Frisco, Texas, she is connected with my brother-in-law, my wife Leichkes, well Leah, um, Leah's um, uh, brother Mendy. Rabbi Mendy is out in out in Frisco, the Frisco kid. So, along with his wife, and Judith is, uh, is also in Frisco, and they're connected, and now we're connected, so it's pretty, pretty incredible. Okay. Well, I, the connection was through my friend Susan Stroud, yes. told me she takes your classes, and then I met your mother uh, a couple of times, and then I met your wife at the tour dedication. Yes, yeah, yeah. That we had at the end of February. Yeah, you met my mother-in-law, my, my wife's mother. I, I'm sorry, yes, I met your yeah, mother-in-law. Yeah. And then I met your wife. She came to the tour dedication. That's right. We had the end of February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Small world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A clean world, no? Yeah. A welt mit weltlach. A welt mit weltlach. A welt Okay. One thing that came through, somebody emailed me. Uh, a few minutes ago, asking if there is um, an online Yiddish dictionary um, that, that we so could perhaps. Did you? Is that the link that you sent me that I sent out, or was that not a dictionary? No. Okay. No, there's a really good online Yiddish dictionary. I think you have something like twenty-five or fifty words a month that you can look up for free. Okay. Um, so, right, there's also saying in Yiddish, but this is a little more comprehensive. Is this something where you can type in a word and it, it pop it just it pops up like uh, straight up? Google Translate yeah. will translate to Yiddish. As oh, that's well. a good idea. Yeah. yeah, that also could work. Google. So it's VetHaPenslate.org. No, don't use Google for Yiddish, please. I I found that it's fairly accurate from you know if, if for a word, maybe not for a whole. Paragraph. Yeah, for a single word. If you're looking at is excellent. And if you, um, oh, if you find yourself looking up a lot of words, then you might think about a subscription. Right. I have a Yiddish dictionary. Miriam, I found this book, I think, at a garage sale. Sure. And it's from um, 1958. Yes, it is. Yeah, is this a find or what? It's a total find. There's a beautiful essay that Michael Chabon wrote about that book um, that he wrote in the 90s about finding that book. Um, oh, tell me, can I look that up? Tell me again the author and the title. Um, I don't remember the title, but if you write, if you type, if you search for Michael Chabon, say, um, oh, really lovely essay. Yeah. And to top it off, 
This book also has Ida M. Enten, her signature in this book. Oh, wow. <laughs> whoever, whoever Ida is. Yeah, yeah. I have a primer, a very old Yiddish primer. Mm -hmm. I should, I'll show it to you next time. Yeah, let's see. It's a children's book for learning Yiddish. One of the arbitering ones? No, um, no, because, you know, I went to Kindushal, so, but we didn't get that. Um, I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Marsha, show and tell. This is, I have a really old one. Okay. Great. Do you see it? Yeah. And then I have this. Then I have this one. Uh -huh. Oh, that looks it's like fun. Plain. So I don't know what one was it that you had, um, uh, Adel. Uh, Say it in Yiddish, which is uh, more of like a guidebook, <laughs> like a traveling guidebook. Oh, oh, yeah. first was. And words like arrows, I have that one. Mm -hmm. Do you know that one? Yeah. Well, that's what I based tonight's exercise on. The column. Okay, I have I have that one. It's in the library. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Are there any other questions for me before I hop off? Yeah, professor. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. They are good. Okay. I think we had I think we had one more I think we had one more question from the planers. Did the planers want to I think she dropped. Oh, did she leave? Okay. All right. Well we'll catch her next week. Rabbi, um do you have any information that you could share with me at some point about King David's mother, um Metzava? Need seven? Need seven? Yeah, but eight since. I well, I mean, best. Is, I mean, you can look online. Um, I'm sure there are some articles that you can find on need seven. Um, Czechabad.org. I'm sure they have something of need seven. But eight Yeah. I love that eight Yeah. Okay. All right. And yeah, let's you. see. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, Lila Tov, everybody. It Lila looks like uh, Thank you. looks Thank like Miriam you. jumped off. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Take care. See you soon. Thank you. Bye, Thank Lila you. Tov. Bye.